Hey, do you hear that? Silver bells? The pitter-patter of eight tiny reindeer? Why, it must be old... Plastic Man! Plastic Man! Plastic Man! He's a real good guy in a bright red suit And he always wears goggles and a belt that's a beaut He was a crook but he reformed and then He reformed and reformed and reformed Plastic Man! Plastic Man! Hello everyone, and welcome to Plasticast, a podcast dedicated to the longest arm of the law, Plastic Man. I'm your host, Max Romero. Way back in November 2001, Mark Wade and his JLA took a quick holiday break after wrapping up the four-part Terror Incognita storyline and a Joker Last Laugh tie-in. Wade originally took over from Grant Morrison with issue number 43, after doing some backup storylines here and there. Wade would go on to write the next 17 issues, ending with the comic we'll be talking about today, JLA number 60. Weirdly enough, this was also his farewell to the JLA, as this would be Wade's final issue on the series. And what an issue! Going out on a completely different note, Wade finished things up with a Christmas tale starring none other than Plastic Man. It really seems like Wade just wanted to have some fun after all the heavy stuff that came before. And who better to do that with than Plastic Man? This issue's creative team included writer Mark Wade, penciler Cliff Rathburn, inker Paul Neary, David Barron on colors, letterer Ken Lopez, assistant editor Steve Wacker, and editor Dan Raspler. Our story opens with another layer in the woozy onion being peeled back. Woozy has a sister, and his sister Wanda has a son named Weezer. Uncle Woozy. That just feels right, doesn't it? We learn that Wanda is a single mom doing her best to raise her son. And like most young boys, Weezer is a handful. The difference here is that while Weezer is busy playing with his Martian Manhunter figure, he is also playing with Plastic Man's JLA communicator. Plaz is spending Christmas Eve with the Winx family, and while Woozy and Wanda get to work on putting a bike together for Weezer, he's on babysitting duty. Scooping Weezer up in his spatula-shaped hand, Plaz slides the kid toward the bedroom. Seeing that Weezer has zero interest in going to sleep, and maybe even less in that boring old Santa Claus, Plastic Man claims Santa is a member of the JLA and finds himself telling a story that he calls Merry Christmas, Justice League. Now die! Plastic Man's tale begins with the JLA in their Watchtower headquarters, tossing around the names of potential candidates for league membership. In the spirit of the season, John Jones nominates Old Saint Nick, and the motion is soon passed. Suddenly, there's a puff of smoke, and who to our wondering eyes should appear but a kinda evil-looking gingerbread man? The cookie creature gives a malicious grin and informs the JLA that Chris Kringle is a prisoner of hell. Ignoring Plastic Man's carton-headed offer of milk, the gingerbread man begins to tell his story. Okay, so in case you're keeping track here, this is now a story within a story within a story. Forget Batman in Inception, Christopher Nolan should be making Plastic Man Christmas movies. So, Gingerbread tells us that Santa has been having a hard time, and the grumbling of laid-off elves confirms that things are bad indeed. Santa complains that this year has been all supply and no demand, 
and that after crunching some numbers, he can see that the number of naughty kids keeps rising, and the rate of nice children has plunged 73% for Blitzen's sake. Using a helmet that is definitely nothing like Cerebro, Santa sees that kids have already received gifts, but gifts that come with a catch. When Weezer asks his Uncle Plaz why kids have to be naughty to get their presents, Plastic Man tells him it's because the gifts come from the demon Neron. Plaz explains that Neron plans to siphon off the children's youthful anticipation of Santa Claus, feeding the pits of hell until they're old and gray. As Plaz puts it, Santa was torqued. Kringle heads to New Jersey, of course, to go through the steaming sewer-like gateway, of course, that will take him to Neron. After mentioning that he hasn't seen the demon since, his good friend Plastic Man put him down, single-handedly. Neron brags a little about his own demonic workshop, lays out his plans, and then traps Santa under glass. The gingerbread man, remember him, wraps up his story by taunting the League, telling them to give up the same way St. Nick has. While Superman lets loose a defiant never, Plastic Man decides he's feeling peckish and eats the gingerbread man, which is only slightly horrifying. The JLA takes the teleporters to hell and runs straight into a ready and waiting Neron. Of course, Batman is there, because as Plastic Man assures Weezer, yes, we all love Batman. Anyway, Plaz is the first to painfully discover the demon elves' water guns are filled with acid, and simultaneously changes his story on the fly when Weezer reminds him that Superman is vulnerable to magic, right? Right? Plastic Man's story is working its own magic, and Weezer suddenly doesn't care so much about the JLA slowly overcoming the overwhelming odds, or about Green Lantern's emerald reindeer barreling through the imps. All he wants to know is, what was Santa doing? What was Santa doing? Unfortunately, not much, because Santa was encased like an action figure in its original box. He was an inaction figure, Santa's magic sack included, reindeer sold separately. The League sprang to Santa's aid, completely missing Neron grabbing an obviously cursed stocking and turning the entire JLA into coal. Now out of commission, the JLA were hung by the chimney without a care, dazed and powerless. Plastic Man, Superman, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, Aquaman, Green Lantern, Flash, and even Batman, especially Batman, Plaz says, were down. They were doomed, Plaz says. Doomed! All hope lay with Santa Claus. Luckily, the JLA had weakened the walls of Santa's clear plastic prison enough for him to use his heat vision to escape. Quiet, Weezer, Santa does have heat vision. Père Noël makes quick work of the imps, fists flying and boots stomping, but the overwhelming number proved to be too much, even for a jolly old elf. Caught again, Santa is brought before Neron, who says, Foolish old man, to think you could succeed against me when even Plastic Man's Justice League has failed. Tell me, before I consign your soul to the limitless depths of the underworld, have you any last words? Santa replies, Just these, for you. Santa reaches into his sack and pulls out a gift for Neron, who promptly flips out. Santa knows the demon is all about the art of the deal, and it's against his nature to accept something with no strings attached. He doesn't understand that, as Santa says, giving brings its own rewards. Anxiously, Neron pulls the ribbon on his present to reveal, Socks! Underwear! No! Defeated by soft cotton, Neron disappears in a great gout of flame and smoke. Quickly, Santa uses his yuletide magic to return the lead to normal, and the whole gang goes back to the watchtower to officially welcome St. Nick into the JLA. And that, Plastic Man tells Weezer, is how Santa Claus joined the Justice League of America. Weezer loves the story, but he's got questions. Lots and lots of questions. Luckily, 
Plastic Man's JLA communicator starts beeping, and he has to run. Run away, you mean, Weezer grumbles. Plastic Man reassures the kid and tells him he just needs to believe, which might be easier now when they see Santa zooming through the sky just outside the window. Mouths gaping, Plaz and Weezer watch as a ho-ho-hoing Kris Kringle hovers over a snowbank and uses his heat vision to burn a Merry Christmas message into the powder. Convinced, Weezer jumps back into bed in dreamland, leaving Plaz to scratch his stretchy chin in wonder. Away from the house, the Martian Manhunter drops the Santa Claus disguise, descending to meet Green Lantern and a captured Time Commander. In the neighborhood to stop the Commander's dinosaur attack, the duo heard Plastic Man's Christmas fable over the communicator, which Weezer accidentally turned on earlier. Their holiday good deed done, John Jones and GL fly off into the night and over a shadowed rooftop where waits Santa Claus. Santa turns to his ranger and says, Heat vision? The imagination of some people. The end. I love the off-and-on tradition of Plastic Man's story set at Christmas, and this one is no exception. I think I say that every episode, but oh well. Mark Way turns in a delightfully silly story custom-made for kids and kids at heart. It's certainly a heart left from the trials the JLA had been put through up to that point. He does a nice job with Plastic Man's characterization, and for some reason one of my favorite things is seeing more of Plaza's home life. I'm also always up for more Woozy, and I truly like the addition of Woozy's sister Wanda and nephew Weezer. The family dynamic really suits Plaz, and it works very well here. Cliff Rathburn was an inspired choice for this story. He has an angular style that weirdly works really well for Plastic Man. Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing a Plastic Man solo or miniseries with Rathburn on art. The art is sketchy but detailed, with a flatness that somehow doesn't deaden the shape-shifting Plaz but enhances the character instead. One thing I particularly enjoy about Rathburn's work here is the way Plaz is always slightly off. An elongated neck here, a weirdly bent torso there. Even when he's not in action, this Plastic Man is always in motion. The inks by Paul Neary are a little heavy, but don't overwhelm, though I'd love to see the pencils for this story. And the colors by David Barron are soft and muted, perfect for a fable like this. All in all, a truly fun story, and a nice addition to the Plastic Man Christmas canon. Now, let's break for some promos, and we'll be back with some Plastic Man news. And action! It's Fade Out. Hosted by film fanatic Rob Kelly and a roster of special guests, Fade Out will examine the final films of Hollywood's brightest lights, part of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. the hottest Marvel character? Iron Man. Ant-Man. I can't decide between Professor X and Magneto, so both. Loki. Is Wolverine Marvel? What about uh, White Tiger? What about White Tiger? Uh, <laughs> Doc Samson. Who's he? Star Fox. That's a video game. The girls go on a journey to determine every Marvel character's hotness in Ohatmu or Not, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe podcast you didn't know you wanted. Available on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Batman Nightcast is back with new episodes and a new mission. I'm Ryan Daly. And I'm Chris Franklin. The new Nightcast chronicles the Dark Knight Detective's greatest adventures from our favorite comic book creators. What a novel approach, talking about the comics we actually enjoy. I know, right? 
Highlights from this bold new era of Batman Nightcast include... The Joker's Laughing Fish. The Saga of Ra's al Ghul. Is that how we're pronouncing it? Yes. Okay. Batman vs. the Man Bat. And the first appearance of villains like Clayface 3 and the Ventriloquist. Plus more great stories by the likes of Steve Englehart and Marshall Rogers. Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Alan Grant and Norm frickin' Brayfogle. Irv Novick. Don Newton. Doug Munch. Dick Sprang. Max Allen Collins. No, what? Just messing with you. Wasn't funny. Batman Nightcast, every month from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. And now for the news. The biggest thing going on with Plaz is the announcement that there's a Plastic Man movie in the works. According to The Hollywood Reporter, writer Kat Vasco is working on a script for what has been described as a female-centric vehicle. So, what does that mean? Heck if I know. So far, that's all that's been said about the movie, which has led to a lot of speculation. Will Plastic Man now be Plastic Woman? Will it be a Plastic Man movie seen from a female character's point of view? Will it still be called Plastic Man, or will it be something else? Again, these are all questions without answers yet, and I'm personally fine with that. I'm just excited there's a Plastic Man movie in the works again. Talk about Christmas miracles. You might remember that a couple of years ago, a Plaz film was supposedly gearing up with Amanda Idoko writing the script. That ended up going nowhere, so we'll see how far Vasco and company can get. Either way, I can't wait to see it. In other Plastic Man Christmas news, Plaz made his first Earth-19 appearance a few weeks ago in DC's Very Merry Multiverse Anthology. Plastic Man is front and center in this Gotham by Gaslight story, proving that no matter what world it's on, Plaz and Batman are Christmas bros forever. Okay, as far as I know, this is only the second time Plastic Man and Batman have shared a Christmas story, but I wouldn't mind seeing this becoming an annual tradition. In case you're wondering, the first time was in The Brave and the Bold number 148, which Siskoid and I talked about on a Fire and Water team-up Christmas special way back on December 25th, 2018. This year's Christmas story is written by John Lehman, with art by Danny, and features Plaz and Batman facing off against a steampunk version of Mr. Freeze. If you haven't already, be sure to hunt this one down. Finally, Plasticast gives sincere birthday wishes to the man who started it all, Jack Cole, who would have been 106 this December 14th. We wouldn't be here without you, Jack. Now, let's check the plastic mailbag. Wow, who needs a big fancy party? I could stay here all night. You know, the Star Labs party is like two blocks away. Race ya. Well, it is Christmas Eve. I still can't believe they scheduled it the same night. I mean, the nerve. Okay, well, maybe see you there. Plastic mailbag. We received a lot of great comments on the last episode, which highlighted Gene Luen Yang's and Dan Mora's Choose Your Own Adventure story in the Terrifics number 25, as well as the end of the series. I was joined by Owen on that episode, and he was a great guest. Yay, Owen! Fire and Water Godfather Rob Kelly wrote, I read the first few issues of the Terrifics and enjoyed them, but I have to admit I'm part of the problem, in that I didn't keep up with it. The ink is on my hands. I think Plastic Man remains so iconic that he'll never be gone for long. Maybe not a solo series, but he'll pop up somewhere. We can only hope. Brian Linton wrote in to say, I passed on Dark Knight's Metal when it came out, and by extension passed on the various spin-off series that it spawned. After listening to this episode, I realized that I made a mistake in not giving the Terrifics a chance. The Fantastic Four is my favorite Marvel superhero team, 
Mr. Terrific was my favorite character from Jeff John's JSA, and I am a sucker for a well-written choose-your-own-adventure story. I only have to turn my head to see my battered CYOA book sitting on the shelf beside me. I'm particularly pleased to hear that Plastic Man was both well-represented and well-portrayed in the series. He really was. I mean, especially uh, in the first half of it, I would say, and um, I mean, really, throughout. It's worth picking up. Martin Gray wrote, It's brilliant to have you back, Max. Thanks, Martin. And Owen made a great guest. Lots of knowledge, passion, and a fabulous laugh. I've bought every issue of Terrifics, despite hating that Batman metal rubbish, and enjoyed the book, though I didn't like having Plaz and Rex on the same team. I know they don't have the same powers, but visually, they're both basically shape changers. I'd have preferred it had Rex been swapped out for a fiery figure, Firehawk say, and a hard no to the costumes. Black and white is good for a phantom girl, but Plaz has one classic look. Okay, it's basically red lingerie, but it's a classic look. I agree, the biker shorts were bad. Talking of looks, why does no one give us classic sapphire stag anymore? Wrong hairstyle, wrong shade of hair, and a scientist? The choose-your-own-adventure issue reminded me of that RPG story about three issues six years back in Doom Patrol. Probably wonderful for fans of the forum, but a head-scratcher for this ignoramus. Aw, oh, come on. You're way too hard on yourself, Martin. I could appreciate the art and words, but the gimmick was over my head. And DC really should have worked with Comixology to tweak guided views so that the big selling point actually worked with non-physical copies. Why did The Flash never do an issue based on Where's Wally in the Rebirth era? My high point of the series was the bizarro time travel storyline, a massively entertaining romp around the DCU. What did you guys think of Plaza's spiritual beliefs as seen in the Mad Robot story? That was a surprising angle, but it worked for me. Well, Martin, having Metamorpho on the team bugged me a little bit here and there too, but for a slightly different reason. I didn't mind Rex being on the team, but I didn't always care for the way he was shown using his powers. Because you're right, he was mainly shown shape-shifting instead of transforming into different elements. It's a small but significant difference, I think. Otherwise, it takes the risk of looking a lot like Plastic Man's shape-changing ability, which is often what happened. Still, I enjoyed their chemistry <coughs> and the way their friendship developed over the course of the series. I didn't have a problem with the white and black uniform, but I gotta admit, I'm looking forward to seeing Plaz back in the red and black and yellow again, too. I read the Terrifics number 25 in hard copy, so it never occurred to me that it would read differently in guided view. I also had that issue as a digital copy and so didn't have this problem there either, though it was still easier to flip through physical pages. I can see how that would take a lot of the fun out of it. One of the things I did appreciate about it was how challenging it actually was. I expected an easier solution right away, but it kept throwing curveballs. The Bizarro storyline was great, though I have to admit the Bizarro speak started to wear on me after a while. I think it could have benefited from being maybe one issue shorter, just because it started to sag a bit in the middle, but, you know, your mileage may vary and all that. It didn't help that I didn't realize there are two Bizarros now? When did that happen? Bringing up Plastic Man's spiritual beliefs was an interesting aspect to bring in. It's something I can't really remember ever being brought up in any real way before. It makes sense he would be an Irish Catholic, and that it could inform his reaction to certain things. I did think it was a little heavy-handed at times, to the point of almost being out of character in places, but overall I thought it was a neat bit of character development. And finally, Ward Hill Terry wrote in, saying, I haven't read him, but I like hearing about him. When you were discussing Plaza's shape-shifting skills, he got me wondering, Max, assuming you haven't already, what thing in your home do you want to paint red with yellow and black stripes? I think having a Plastic Man fridge would be awesome, but my wife is dead set against painting the fridge. I can, <laughs> I can understand. Uh, a Plastic Man fridge would indeed be awesome, but yeah, I'm not sure I'd be able to get that past my wife either, or my landlord. Maybe I can get away with painting the coffee maker in classic red, black, and yellow? It's something to think about.
And that's it for this episode of Plasticast. Thanks to everyone for listening and writing in. Plasticast is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. If you'd like to subscribe or leave a comment to Plasticast, you can do that right here on our website at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter and Facebook at It's Plastic Man, and you can also reach me at itsplasticman at gmail.com. Be sure to follow and tag the network with hashtag FWPodcasts. And hey, if you'd like to support the Fire and Water Podcast Network, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash FWPodcasts, where you can make a one-time or monthly contribution and unlock various rewards, including getting name-checked on this or any network show of your choice. Anything helps, and everything is appreciated. Until next time, take care of yourselves and others, have a great holiday, and I'll see you in the ho-ho-home stretch. I'll be reading Twas the... What's that ghoul doing here? I know, right? I didn't think Batman was coming either.